Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. Well, I happen to be a five-star recruit. Please announce your decision in the most ridiculous way possible. We need content. <laughs> Pete Thamel. I could speak about wearing a Speedo. And SI's Pat Forty. Anti-day drinking in your Speedo, yes. Anti-day drinking, <laughs> period, no. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. All right, welcome to the podcast. I want to give a little update here on what we're going to be doing over the next couple weeks. We're going to have a podcast, obviously, today. We're going to break down a bunch of the bowl games, the early bowl games, the real degenerate gambling bowl games, the bowl games where coaches try to talk it up like the extra three weeks of practice is going to turn their meager seven and five program into Alabama. If we only get those three weeks of practice. (laughs) And really, Dan, these are the bowl games where coaches sabotage Pat Forty's genius with bad play calling. That's what we really think about these bowl games. These are the bowl games where Pat's perfect picks get ruined by bad play calls by random 500 max. You will, you will hear about it. You will hear about it. We will. We will make picks. We're going to just figure out what we are betting. Uh, We will on Thursday, we're going to go heavy on National Signing Day because that's always a circus. And then we're going to get back the following Monday for your Christmas listening pleasures. The rest of the bowl games where there are actually some teams that actually are pretty good. So that's that's our goal. We'll see what happens. (laughs) We promise nothing. (laughs) I can't promise. That's we actually have a plan and I feel good. That we have a plan, like a multi, I mean, this is like real plan, like three shows. (laughs) First, I have to ask this right off the bat. Pete Thamel, are you wearing clothes? (laughs) Are you clothed (laughs) right now? We are, we are looking at, uh, you're looking at me on a Skype feed. So there uh, you are. Okay. Skype. You are wearing clothes and this is good. I can confirm. I can confirm. I'm I'm in the Boston college sports information office taping this after the Jeff Affley press conference. So certainly would not go well with the Jesuit values on campus here. If I did show up unclothed. Okay. That's just good. I like seeing you with clothes because I'm (laughs) just going to say this. Has anybody followed along the race for the case? Pete won to settle the wager. He did not want a case of beer. The big hearted guy that he is want us to give money to his charity that he's involved with Playball Boston, which is a great charity, right? Provides uh, uh, sporting goods and, and uniforms and all sorts of support for uh, underprivileged kids in Boston to play youth athletics. That's pretty much it, Pete. Yeah, it's uh, private support of the neediest public junior highs in Boston. We're also in Lawrence and just expanded to Holyoke. So Holyoke uh, too. All right, we're doing good. We we pay for the sports programs really, and the coaches and and all that stuff. So yeah, very very needed, uh, especially that age when uh, kids can drift off. Yep. And these are uh, all towns where it's easy to drift. So very good cause, but in order to to raise the money, Pete uh, also is involved in this thing called the. Santa Speedo run mistakenly went to <laughs> bostonherald.com this weekend. I was not expecting a smut show that I saw. <laughs> Did it offend your puritan sensibilities here, Dan? <laughs> yeah. uh, let me just describe this thing for you. It's like the collection of the whitest, pastiest <laughs> buffoons. 
standing in the streets of Boston. It's like 90% men. A few women do it, but mostly it's just dudes in banana hammocks standing frozen in Boston running. And who do I see in two of the pictures on the Boston Herald? Pete Thamel. I can't unsee this. And Pete Thamel in a Speedo running through the streets of Boston and you're wearing sunglasses. What is this? You're trying to hide? Sunglasses and a Santa hat. He's trying to hide. I guarantee it. Well, it's, it is the Santa Speedo runs. Everybody wears a Santa hat. Okay. Um, well, what, the shades, yeah. is that so you can like check, try to check out like if there's any good looking women come yeah. by in their bikinis or something and don't look like a creep because you're not fooling us. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we had, we had a great run. We raised, it's $99,700, Dan, that we, uh, that we raised. Um, God, good on I could, you. I could, I could speak about wearing a Speedo because I've learned it's probably the seventh year that, uh, that this, it's the 20th year the race has run. It's the seventh or eighth that it's benefited play ball. So everyone on our board, on the board of the charity comes and runs. And it was actually 62 degrees uh, boom. on Saturday in Boston. That's terrible. Yeah, no, it actually could, smelled terrible. Let me terrible. just say this. You couldn't yeah. tell based on what was in the banana hammock. It looked like it was about six below. Some of these guys ought to be absolutely humiliated. They don't even have an excuse. Yeah. Well, for next year, we always do this the Saturday after college football, day of the Army-Navy, day of the Heisman. Everyone on the podcast, Sully, you are invited. Pat Forty, you are invited. Dan, you are invited. It's for a good cause. And really, you just kind of go drink all day at the bar. Uh, it is definitely not 90% men. It's probably about 50-50 men and women. So it is, uh, yeah, it's a it's a good, I mean, are you really anti-day drinking, Dan? Like, Those is, is that what you're going to come Anti-day drinking in your photo, yes. Anti-day drinking, period. <laughs> no, in general. But the specific concept here, I'm a little bit concerned about. <laughs> I also I have another question. I, 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 there are many questions yeah. here. We're reporters. We need to follow up on things. <laughs> now, you sent a picture to the text chain for the show of a blue Speedo, but then you're running in a red Speedo. How many of these little slinky <laughs> bikini <laughs> swimsuits do you own? And how often do you wear them? So they're actually they're actually oddly expensive. I know, I know. <laughs> Trust me, they're, they're like sixty bucks. Like uh, there's yeah. not much material for sixty bucks. Uh, I'm sure you've certainly purchased plenty for your uh, swimming children over the years, Pat. So you would you would probably know all too well. I own two. I had one on, and I took the picture of the other okay. one. Okay. So okay. It, to thank you for uh, to thank you for your support. So I wore my red one. I also have a blue one. One of the best photos of this in here, and the best being, I mean, they're all bad, <laughs> is a dude smoking a cigarette while he's <laughs> yes. he's taking a pull on a heater. So, God, good on him. I used to do a uh, in Boston the drowned hog uh, run. It was not a run. We used to run into the water uh, in Hull on the Tantasket Beach uh, in Hull yeah. on Groundhog's Day Saturday. And I mean, it was freezing and you go for a little swim and you come back out yeah. and there was no way to do that sober. So we were pretty lit, lit up by 9 a.m. So I'm not opposed, yeah. but you get to wear an actual regular bathing suit, not this yeah. Mark Spitz thing. <laughs> so, also, that is an abandoned beach in the middle of February. There are children standing on the side. I mean, what are these people? Smutcho, Dan Wetzel says. Smutcho. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this because I am uh, the charity's PR guy. That's my that's my role in the charity. A lot of years I'm not good at it, quite frankly. Paul Wetzel has actually been a charity uh, PR advisor, my which father. tells you how desperate yeah. we are for advice uh, that we had to go to Dan's dad for, uh, for advice over the years. But because it was the 20th anniversary, we got banner coverage this year. We had a front page article in the Boston Globe on Friday. I think I sent you guys that. Hannah, Hannah Kruger did it, who used to work in New Orleans with our friends, Brett Anderson and Jeff Duncan. She did a great job. And then we we got every TV station in Boston on Saturday was there. We got a two-minute feature on Channel 7. Yeah, we had coverage in the Herald, and as you saw, Dan, and we also had coverage in the Globe on Sunday. So it was a big, big day. We had some 200 runners. We uh, we, we rocked it out. And, uh, yeah, we're at, we are literally at $99,700 as of uh, Monday morning when we're taking Get it to hundred grand, baby. But – all right, we're gonna get it. We're gonna get it over. Yeah. The funny thing is, they, I, I've seen similar things like this in other cities and everything. They're good for newspaper digital business because people click on these things. Oh, they click they on love all the of them. photo yes. galleries. Love the smut show. Yes.
the, the photographers, so I have to, I don't get into my gear until about a half an hour before the race because I have to manage the <laughs> media. Gear. The photographers love it because we have a tattoo artist there that airbrushes mm. tattoos on like for the day. And so it's it makes for great pictures because you got, oh, you yeah. know, you have naked bodies, putting on <laughs> ink, you got, yeah. My question, all right, now the one picture that we saw from the Herald with you incognito, the guy next to you that looks like, like a 165-pound wrestler from, you know, like, I don't know, UMass Amherst or whatever with the, with the tat and the, the, the extreme banana hanger. Do you know this person? Do you consort with this person? I don't. Good. I do not Let's know that person. That I know many of the people who run. I do not know okay, him. Okay, good. That, that guy was showing me way too much. <laughs> so I just want to say this. I think you both should run next year because I think you would, you would actually enjoy the day drinking aspect of it. And if you didn't want to wear a Speedo, you can just wear shorts. <laughs> You know, like you, you, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't discriminate if you, uh, if, if you don't want to get into full garb, but you would, you would not have a bad Darn time. Darn the luck. I just checked drinking. my schedule. I'm booked. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 All right. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. We do it Day for the drinking kids. Drinking is always, always. Yeah. Uh, I think encouraged. Dan would like it. I think Dan, Dan would get well, it. Sully, Sully would you much- join us? I would love to. There we go. Uh, it, it, I would absolutely love to. That'd be a great time. And I've actually never been to Boston, yeah. sadly. All right. First Saturday so. off, Sully, of the year. You know, you mm-hmm. can, uh, we'd, we'd be happy to, uh, we'd be happy to have you at uh, Back I'm, Bay I'm all about, Club. I'm all about day drinking and and, and merriment. So, yes. yes. Day drinking is good. Day yeah. dr- Boston is a great day drinking city. Uh, mm-hmm. It is probably better than the Drowned Hog, which was absolutely freezing. <laughs> I mean, the yeah. North Atlantic in February. That sounds awful. I mean, there's ice in the no. ice in the damn water. That sounds yeah. terrible. Like, yeah, it's not easy to you know. So I, you know, I'm not going to rule it out, but I just it's a little risque for my you know sensibilities, as you guys know. I'm pretty you know pretty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here's the uh, the visual that turned everybody upside down on Sunday, and it involves college football. Was Urban Meyer showing up in Redskin owner Dan Snyder's luxury box for the uh, Washington-Philadelphia game? He's sitting next to Alex Smith. He's a former player at uh, Utah. Later, reportedly, they uh, Snyder and, uh, and Urban had a four-hour meeting. So everyone wants to know, is Urban Meyer going to the NFL? Is, this, does he, is he going to go to Washington? Is this a tease to get, to get Dallas? Fired up. I personally think he'd be a not good pro coach, but we're talking about Daniel Snyder here. <laughs> he once hired Steve Spurrier because he thought he was the college genius. And then he found out that you don't get to recruit a new team every year. So it doesn't work that well. And that didn't go well. What do we know? Any any truth to it? Any thoughts? Is this is I mean, this is a bold move for a guy to show up in Daniel Snyder's luxury box. Like, you know you're gonna be spotted. Urban wants to be wants to be wanted. I don't know. What do we think? So Urban Meyer was going to the Army Navy game with his son on Saturday. I'd spoken to him last week about something else, and he had mentioned that. So going to the Redskins game, I think that game was in Philly. So going down and seeing Terry McLaurin, the former Ohio State player who he's very close to, seeing Alex Smith, who's, you know, probably the seminal. If you had to pick one player who made Urban Meyer's career, you could argue that it was Alex Smith before before Tim Tebow. Yeah, like I don't think Urban Meyer will end up coaching in the NFL. But I do think there is part of everyone who's had that much success and has an ego like that that wants to be wanted. I think taking the Redskins job for anyone would be a disaster. I mean, you might as well just go take the Indiana job, right? Because that's what the Redskins are. It's the 29th best job in a 32-team league. You have systemic dysfunction. Daniel Snyder is an unmitigated disaster, worst owner in sports. The president is an unmitigated disaster, will get fired in the next year. And Urban Meyer surrounding himself with instability when he can't control things would not be good. He needs to be like locked in, locked forward. And these people are the most incompetent people in all of professional football. They've proven that not year in and year out, but decade in and decade out. And so I I think it's flattering. I think there's sort of some reasons for him to be there. I do not think he will go be the Washington Redskins coach. The, the Detroit Lions and the Ford family would like a word with you on that <laughs> proclamation. Are they saying, hold, they, my, hold the, my beer? Yeah, yeah. They've won one playoff game in 57 years. <laughs> but fair point. It's certainly a uh, – they're in the contender list on that. It would be a terrible job to take. All this urban to the NFL talk, I, I just – I don't see it how anyone – logically looks at urban Meyer and says, that's a pro coach. Yeah. He just, 
He's an t- incredible college coach, just not a program. I'm, I'm just – I'm seeing a lot of signs of somebody who, who wants to get some attention and get back in the arena here, you know? I mean, he basically came in and became the centerpiece of Colorado State's coaching search, which ended up with him hiring his buddy Steve Adazio or recommending his buddy Steve Adazio to be hired there. And three of the four finalists were former urban assistants. There was a little bit of public teasing with uh, the Cowboys and then this. And, okay, if he's in the neighborhood to go to Army-Navy, fine. If he goes to that game, fine. But he's, he's a very public figure at that game. And then if, if you don't have to meet with Dan Snyder for four hours if you don't want to, if you think it's a terrible franchise. So I, I just see some signs that perhaps he's getting over the uh, physical ailments that uh, drove him away from the game, i.e. I need some more attention. I need to get back into this thing. I think he would be, I, I, for all the reasons that Pete stated and you alluded to, Dan, I do not think the pros would be good for him. Bill Belichick loses several games a year. If Urban loses several games a year, it looks like literally like his head's going to explode. You just have to be able to handle losing in the NFL. And especially if you're going to go to a place like the Redskins, you have to be able to handle Jerry Jones if you're going to be in Dallas. I do not think that he is wired for that. The things that make him a great coach are not necessarily at your service or at your beckoning in the uh, in the NFL as well. So I just this seems to me like, OK, it didn't work out at USC, but I'd still like some people to want me. Let's see where it goes. I He'd be much better off going back and doing great work on TV again next year. Got to have a quarterback. Dwayne Haskins wasn't terrible yesterday, but man, early this he's not shown anything this year to me that makes you say, all right, they're locked in it at the quarterback position. It's not like Urban's going to get more. I mean, you can't run the same. It's just so many problems there. And this is what happens to most college coaches that do really well, or at least a lot of them. Spurrier was an incredible college football coach. He was a terrible pro yeah. coach. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Now, Nick Saban, to me, actually was all right. He did all right. And he had had pro experience, though. And and you also, just the, the Nick Saban thing, so it's one of my favorite Nick Nick Saban things is the, the one of the greatest what ifs in the history of football. Drew Brees after the 2005 season in San Diego is a free agent, and he visits two teams: the Dolphins with Nick Saban <laughs> and the New Orleans Saints. Saban wants Drew Brees desperately. The Dolphins doctors do not clear Drew Brees on the medical uh, exam, and he goes to New Orleans. And I always think it's one of the greatest what ifs because Saban then ends up back at Alabama. Now, there's a couple things here. One, New Orleans, which goes on to win one Super Bowl and might win another this year and has this long run of success and probably saves the franchise because of Drew Brees. After Katrina, who knows that thing even stays without Drew Brees. So you have that. You have the Dolphins uh, have been terrible ever since. How good could they have gotten? Because I think Nick Saban's a good coach. If the Dolphins are good, the Patriots don't just waltz their way to 14 and 2 and 13 and 3 every year and get like, do they win all of these Super Bowls? Do they make all these championship games or somewhere along the line? Are they not quite because they actually have a challenger in the AFC East? You could alter Super Bowls. And Alabama could still be wandering around chasing its tail like it had for a long period of time. So you, you literally, that doctor's decision to say no to drew Brees, which was wrong by the way because he's still playing yeah he's doing okay career all-time touchdown leader yeah he's 40 and he certainly could win a super bowl this year one of the worst medical advice decisions in nfl history but one of the most unbelievable things because everyone's so much hinged on that but even saban didn't make it and said, yeah, I'm going back to college where I can control everything. I'm not letting some doctor take my quarterback away, and I don't have a quarterback. And boom, there's Nick Saban. So, I don't know, pretty interesting thing. I don't see how Urban is is better suited for the NFL than those guys. What we're seeing right now at Ohio State this year and what we saw in his seven years there, college football is rigged for domination because of the way recruiting and player procurement works, right? You are like, they took Rutgers best player last year and put him on their offensive line. He's a starter. So recruiting is designed. The facilities are designed. The tradition is designed for you to dominate, for you to be favored in all 12 of your games. And essentially urban Meyer's schemes that he built at Florida and the recruiting there allowed him to win two national titles. And 
Then he goes to Ohio State and uses sort of the aura and everything that he's built to build one of the premier programs in the sport. So if you have to transition to a league, which every part of it is designed not to dominate, the way the draft is works, the way the schedule works, the way the salary cap works, everything in the NFL is completely opposite the way it's wired. And Urban Meyer, by the end of his career, was more of a culture guy and was more of a leader than he was a scheme guy. Um, and so the, the transition to the NFL would be fairly drastic because you are not going to be favored in half your games. The Redskins are going to be an underdog in three quarters of your games, as opposed to, I, I mean, how many times at Ohio State was he an underdog in seven years? I would guess it's less than five. Oh, way less. Certainly, way less. certainly yeah, less. And what yeah. was his record in those games? Yeah, I you believe know? he was 90 something and eight in Overall, the seven years. Something yeah, but like it, that. Yeah. In games that were actually competitive, he's probably. Yeah, good, but not, 50, yeah, like he beat Alabama yeah. as underdog, he beat Oregon as an underdog, but there were, you know, there were obviously games that, you know, he lost as a heavy favorite to Purdue and Iowa in his last two years. So yeah, it's just totally different than anything he's, he's used to. It would be a complete drastic shock, especially in Washington, which is a disaster of a job. Like I think there's 20 college jobs better than the Redskins job. He was an underdog one time in his last four years. Uh, at Ohio State a couple times in 2014 when they won it all but uh like one time against it was pretty funny actually against Michigan when they hung 62 on them they were a four-point dog that's it uh you know and talking about I actually wanted to get to this because it leads right in good job Pete the national signing day is Wednesday the early one and player procurement is everything and more and more at least appears kids are flocking to the same schools and there are 33 five-star recruits for Rivals.com this year. Currently, 28 are committed, uh, and there are obviously five to go. And there, I, if I go through the predictions, I can even add to this. But right now, 18 of the 28 that are committed are going to five schools. Now, 33 kids is basically your first round of your NFL draft. Now, in the NFL, teams will trade two or three guys to move up six, seven spots in the first round, let alone like you can't just sit there and go, oh, third round, first round or equal. They aren't. Some of these guys will be bust. Absolutely. Just like first round picks. But you take your chance with your five stars. 18 of the 28. And if we if we go by the predictions, 22 of the 33. Are going to five schools, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU. Those five are getting two-thirds of all the first-round picks in all of college football. And the other schools are all getting one. And that's, you know, Notre Dame, Stanford. Uh, Florida. Oregon may end up. Yeah, Oregon may end up with two. We'll see. But that's it. If you're at one of those schools and you get it going like that, you have such an advantage I mean, Texas, I mean, Michigan's getting none. Kentucky's getting one. I mean, it, Washington won. You can load up so much, it's not a fair fight. I think we brought this up a couple weeks ago, but like Ohio State and Michigan, how close are the recruiting rankings? Well, they're like Michigan's, I don't know what they've got them as the team ranking, but 10th, let's see, Ohio State's third, Michigan's 10th or something like that, 12th. Ohio State has eight kids committed above any of Michigan's. They got the first eight picks at the playground in a game. So it's such an overwhelming advantage. And going into National Signing Day, just to take it away from Urban Meyer and all this, but like how big of a problem is this for college football that, I, I, you know, I'm not saying legislate anything, like it's fair game, but it kind of sucks. And we're always seeing the same teams in the playoffs. I think, you know, plucky LSU's got a first time appearance this year, but everyone else is pretty is the same teams when the same teams make the playoff and the same teams basically get all the best players. This is absolutely the way it is. As Pete pointed out, I mean, whereas the NFL is wired toward parity, <clears throat> college football is wired the opposite way because 
the best teams are still going to get the best players the next year and the next year and the next year. And uh, yeah, when the top of the rankings are one Clemson, two LSU, three Alabama, four Ohio State, it's same as it ever was. Is it a problem? Yeah, I think it is a problem to a degree, especially like when an entire region is is second tier, like the Pac-12 has become. The sport is better as a national sport than as a regional sport. And the more it becomes a Southeastern-centric endeavor, I think the the less national interest there is and the less broad-based appeal that it has. So I don't like that aspect of it. But yeah, what do you do about it? I don't know. I mean, this the kids see where the success is. They see where the guys get drafted out of. They see, you know, when you go on the visits to Clemson and Alabama and those places, you see the walls that are covered with guys that were first-round draft picks. And you say, yeah, that could be me. That's why I want to go here. And you get every facility known to man and every support staff person known to man. And and you get to win all the games and be on TV. And that's where, you know, I mean, you look at like Clemson now, which is going and getting, you know, quarterbacks from California, get linemen from the Northeast, linemen from the Midwest. They go wherever they want and get whoever they want. When that sort of thing happens, there is far less of an equal playing field and a chance for other people to rise up and possibly take them down. You know, it's it's funny. Tom Friedman from The New York Times wrote that book, The World is Flat, probably 10 years ago now. And I think that one of the things that has made the recruiting world flat in the last five years is the proliferation of social media and graphics departments. So I've had coaches tell me, like, we can go recruit Texas now from out of region because kids can see our campus. They can feel it because you can literally digitally walk them through what the Ohio State football office, the Clemson football office, the Florida football office looks like, where before it was hard to, you know, imagine going to somewhere. Now you can literally see it, feel it, touch, almost touch it in front of you, and you get bombed every day what you look like in the uniform, what the weight room looks like what the strength coach is going to do for you. It's all so much more tangible and close now. It is it is open kids' minds up to, uh, to going out of region to other places. And, I mean, look, like, J.K. Dobbins is the Ohio State tailback right now. And he went because – it was the dying embers of the Charlie Strong era, and he didn't want to. He didn't want to get stuck on a losing train, and so he went from I believe he's from Bastrop, Texas, which is 25 miles outside Austin, and he went to Ohio State because he could see it, touch it, feel it, and knew that the you know, he could feel the opportunity there was going to be better. And you know, here he is in the in the playoff now, and that's just one small example. But I do think that Clemson was way ahead of the curve on social media and the recruiting department, and some of that was because they get so little local media coverage there, and the people who cover them do a fine job. But it's just a small media market. There's no other way to say it. The Greenville, Charleston type media markets are, you know, some of the smaller media markets in America. So they they were visionaries in a few different things at Clemson and how they built this. They were visionaries in paying assistance, which they've done at a very high level. They did it with Chad Morris and they've done it with Brent Venables on a high, high level. And they were they were really ahead of the curve and sitting and saying, "Okay, I need to we need to create our own media because we're not going to get the same kind of coverage that Notre Dame gets, that Florida gets, that Texas gets because we don't have the we don't have the markets. And they use the energy of their student workers and young people, and they've become an incubator for that. And that's really become a tens of millions of dollar industry, the graphics, the outreach to the the recruiting department. If you are selling a college to a young person, obviously in this instance, you're trying to sell a professional future and a lot of fame and potential riches and that sort of thing. But the other bottom line that goes directly to what Pete was saying is you're asking these kids, parents ask their kid, can you see yourself there? Can you picture yourself there? And what Pete is saying is exactly that. They make it a lot easier to picture, picture yourself at Clemson for a guy from California than it ever was before. So they, they've wired this thing or, you know, anywhere like that, that to make it a lot easier for kids who don't have familiarity with the campus and the culture there to, to acquire a familiarity and make a decision. It's uh it's overwhelming right now. And you just, you run through this, you know, go on rivals.com. It's, it's pretty, you can just kind of breeze through it, but it's just, it's overwhelming. Just, uh, the you know the same school over and over and over and over again and 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 it's actually shocking when like what do we got here yeah, like Kentucky I mean, gets I'm a just five reading star. Clemson Cle- I was just gonna say Clemson Clemson Alabama LSU Ohio State Ohio State Clemson Louisiana State Washington you know oh wait Washington got a kid right. wait you know yeah. I mean he's from Washington <laughs> and it's a stunner Georgia Kentucky gets one kid out of Michigan 
Uh, Oregon gets a kid out of Utah. It's, it's just, and then it's right back to the same old teams. Um, and then the real stunners are like, uh, there's a, a really good lineman going to BC. Pete, you're there at BC. Pine, uh, I think it's Cousins going to Notre Dame as a quarterback. And you're like, wow, Boston College got a guy. Like, yeah. that wasn't that unusual in the past. You stayed home. But now it's like, what? I'm sure he spent his entire uh, Kevin Pine, 6'8 offensive lineman. They have a tremendous good tradition player. at Boston College of offensive linemen. But you're probably sitting there the whole year having everyone go, why are you going to BC? Why are you going to BC? Where a kid from Milford, Massachusetts, 10, 20 years ago, certainly, of course you're going to Notre Dame. Uh, uh, yeah, where else would you go? Yeah, maybe Notre Dame, but that's it. Now it's like, what are you doing? And, you know, it's just a whole, totally different situation than it than it was, I, I, I think. I also think I wonder if there's a little bit of group think involved too now, especially with social media that can put on pressure on to, why would you make that decision? You know, and kids get bombarded with that to a degree. Why would you, you know, there's a kid from Maryland that's going to South Carolina. Uh, why, why are you doing that? Why aren't you going to Clemson? Why aren't you going to Ohio State? And I, I don't think that's necessarily good. I think a little more diversity of thought and opinion and ideas. Uh, you know, I see that like with, with the Heisman voting. People wanted to take away votes from people who didn't vote for Joe Burrow. Look, I, I can't imagine not voting for Joe Burrow, but are we really at the point where we, we're going to have you know pitchforks out for somebody that didn't put Joe Burrow in there? I mean, he won the award by a mile. There's there's that with top 25 voting, with Heisman voting, with where you're going to school. I think there's just a lot of pressure to conform to what people think you should do. Yeah, I, I hate that. They do, they do that in the NBA. It's like we decided yeah. the, the Twitterverse has decided who the MVP is, and if you vote against him, you're, you're a hater. Yeah. Right. Right. I, and I don't vote as one reason I'll vote for any of these things, but I'm always like, well, maybe someone's got a different opinion. Yeah. You right. know, like I said, the idea is to have a wide, diverse group, not making the opinion, not you must vote for the Greek freak <laughs> or, you you know. Yeah. OK, you don't like Greek food. Um, I, let me tell you how crazy it is for Clemson. Clemson over the weekend got a commitment from uh, Trenton Simpson, a five star linebacker from Charlotte. And because of that, they, uh, at least this is the rumors, they are backing off Justin uh, Flo, I think is how you pronounce his last name, who's the number four player in the country and is a five-star linebacker from California. <laughs> like, they, they, they're they full now. They don't have room for a top five recruit. Now, look, it's smart by Clemson. If you're going to take a five-star, if you take the one closer to home because he's less likely to transfer, yep. right? But... Like that opened it up, this kid for either helped Oregon, which may have gotten him anyway, and maybe even USC. But it, like that's how crazy it is for Clemson. They could end up with seven, eight, five stars, seven or eight first round picks, <laughs> seven or eight. I and mean, that's nuts. Yeah. And you're not getting any first round picks. It, it, it's it's totally stacked. And, and uh, you know, we'll discuss it more. I mean, I don't know whether, you know, automatic bids that get the Pac-12 in or get more teams into this thing. Or I don't know what you can do. You don't want to legislate against this. Every kid should have the right to go wherever he wants. But I don't think it's great for the health of the sport when you're just looking at six, seven teams. And, you know, even look at the Heisman voting. Well, you know, here yeah. we go. Oklahoma, Ohio State, and LSU are the ones there. Nobody even else is, is on the radar to get up there. And the voting was so slant, you know. Just a, kind of a weird situation in college football right now. In the beautiful lunacy we love we love about this sport, there's no lunacy like signing day <laughs> lunacy. It was better in the past. We're going to get all yeah. this Thursday. Yeah. but And I always love the people who got outraged that this was a, this guy brought a puppy to me. Like, I mean, really? Who gives a crap? They're 17 years old. Of course it's going to be stupid. Or the, the fake hat. I love it. All right, we got to pick these games because yeah. we got a whole bunch of them here. I don't have point spreads, Sully. You want to read them out as I read them? I got point spreads if we need them. So I'm going to read the bowl game, and then we're going to make picks. We got to move quickly. Yep. Do we have a – what are we betting here? We talked about a night of drinking in New Orleans. <laughs> We'd have to cash in our 401k to, to, to cover that tab. <laughs> I, uh, a round of shot. I mean, what are we what are we betting here? Yeah. I don't want to encourage picking, Pete you to get you, undressed again. So sure, I could I could pick. Yeah, I can get in this if you want me if to. If it's gonna be a night in New Orleans, we're uh, gonna get Sully involved. We so. can oh, dear well, Barbara. We can, we can cover Sully yeah. on this. I mean, we yeah. don't want to okay. leverage our I just think Sully wants to 
Sully wants to play. <laughs> All right. Sully oh, wants yeah. to play. All right. Everyone's got to make. I don't want some soliloquy about how Florida International's defense is looking better. Okay. I, nobody wants to hear that. Don't. No one is going to be impressed that you know these things. So don't bring it up. You either have a wise why, ass comment. Why do I feel like that was directed at me? We I want don't a know. minimum of football talk here. Okay, I don't care if they can. They got a lot. Should we pick by mascot? I don't care how you pick. I don't even. I don't even know if all these games are real. (laughs) I'm thinking Sully put one in on me to try to trick me. He's trying to trick me because I'm not aware of who exactly is playing in this. But let's do this, okay? So what is the bet? A night of drinking, some kind of bar tab, yeah, an an aggressive hour, a, a highly aggressive hour at the bar in New Orleans. All right. And so oh it's boy. just the loser picks it up for all four yeah. of us. Yeah. And we'll run, we'll, we'll run a start and stop clock on that hour, man. We'll get, we'll do yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, a yeah. whole night is, yeah. that's going to get yeah. ugly. Let's yeah. not kid ourselves. All right. Friday, December 20th. Makers wanted Bahamas bowl. Yes. Makers Mark is wanted with this crew. <laughs> the Bahama bowl. Charlotte's first ever appearance. It is seven and five Charlotte for seven and five Buffalo. Let's just go and let's just do this. Pat, what do you got? Charlotte or Buffalo? Buffalo's favored by six and a half. So we're picking the spread. Uh, I am taking Buffalo to win and cover. Charlotte is not good at run defense. Buffalo is good at running the ball. That was too much football. (laughs) I'm taking Charlotte. Will Healy uh, showed up at his press conference wearing a scuba outfit. So they'll cover the six. (laughs) How is that, Dan? Good. Sully? Go Charlotte. All right, I'm taking Buffalo. The Bills are hot. The Bulls are hot. <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> All right. Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. Jeez, got an That's that. not right. No, you no, made that up. That's right. There's it's no tropical. Real. Tropical Smoothie Cafe. All right, my kids like that place. Yeah. It's Frisco Bowl. Kent State, 6-6. Six and six. This is the same team that uh, they, they booted their their uh, fa- most famous uh, thing they did this year was boot their field hockey team out of a game or some couple field hockey teams so they could get a, a fireworks display to go off at noon. Yeah. So no one could even see it, let alone they had any fans. Anyway, Kent State's playing Utah State, 6-6 six and six versus 7-5. and five. Kent State's looking for its first bowl win. What a surprise. Uh, they've <laughs> lost three bowls. They lost the GoDaddy Bowl. They lost the Tangerine Bowl in 1972. <laughs> And my personal favorite, they lost to Delaware 19 to 7 in the 1954 Refrigerator Bowl. (laughs) Refrigerator Bowl. Uh, So they've been naming bowls stupid things. Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Does Kent State get its first win? Pat 40, yes or no? uh, Line, Utah State favored by seven. Utah State covers Jordan Love on his way to the NFL with a big showing. Pete Thamel, what do you think? This is a matchup of a couple of crushes of yours here. I'm on board with Jordan Love and the in the crew. Kent feasted on a bad Mac, and that's too much football. So <laughs> Utah State wins big. Feasted. They went six and six. <laughs> they feasted. Okay. Well, I mean, they that's how they got to <laughs> Yeah, right, right. They, 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 they also they, played Wisconsin, Auburn, and Arizona State on the road this year, which is insane scheduling. Straight Sully, cash, homie. Who you got, Sully? I'll I'll take Jordan Loves. All right, I'll take too. the fine Jordan Utah Loves. State. Sully, you writing these things down? I am. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. Very good. All right. Now we get to the Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl. North Carolina A&T 8-3 and versus Alcorn State 9-3. and NCA and T is a top five SES defense. Alcorn State led the SWAC in offense. Something's got to give. <laughs> What's happening? Should we pick this game? It's yeah, not, we should pick one. this game. Don't be exclusionary. All right. So it says bowl. If it says bowl, it's a it's a game. <laughs> it's just gonna have to be a, a straight right. money line pick, though, because <laughs> right because there's no uh, there's no line on the game that I've seen. All right, money line. Uh, give me A and T. Actually, number one in FCS in yards per play allowed. How about that for some research? A and T wins All the right. third straight time. They're going to win the celebration bowl. Pete's th- Pat's taking this thing seriously. He's <laughs> not want to come in last. He's trying to tap, tap Pat, it. Pat convinced me. I'm going to, I'm going to jump on board. I also don't know who they're playing. So <laughs> playing Alcorn. Sorry. All right. Give me Alcorn state. Give me the Sully? offense. I, I, let's, let's Ooh. go points. All right, I'm taking NCA and T. Defense wins championship, and it wins the Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl. (laughs) 
New Mexico Bowl, not featuring New Mexico. <laughs> Central Michigan, eight and five versus San Diego State, nine and three. Rocky Long returns home to New Mexico where he coached against Jim McElwain at Colorado. Wow, Colorado State is an old Mountain uh, Mountain West deal going here. All right, who you got? Chippewas or uh, San Diego State's thing? And they got a good name, too. What's Aztecs. that nickname? Aztecs, yeah. Aztecs or Chippewas. Yep, the line is three and a half. Uh, San Diego State favored by 3.5. Yes, in the battle of uh, of politically incorrect mascots, I will take <laughs> the Aztecs to win and cover. Central Michigan ain't scoring more than 14. Central Michigan does not have a mascot. It's just a C. Okay. They are the Chippewas, which is an Indian name. They are the North Chippewas. Native American. Yeah, well, they're, they're honoring the Chippewa tribe. Okay. They have no mascot. They're not running some sophomore out there and uh head to rest okay cringy all right they just ran out a big c they just put a c like 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 from alphabet soup or something it was pretty funny that when uh, they tried to ban remember they tried to ban all the the names right politically offensive and they they tried to ban the central michigan mascot and all that and central michigan said we don't it's a c how is the letter c (laughs) racist like what do you got? We got nothing. Like, you don't like, you know, Chief Seminole or whatever. All right, Pete, who are you picking? Uh, I'd take San Diego State. Sully? Quentin Dormady sucks. Give me San Diego State. <laughs> Little Tennessee bitterness. feel like I should I should support some action, fire up chips, but I can't. SDSU, taking them too. All right. The Cure Bowl. <laughs> All right. Good luck. We're not sure what we're curing. We're not curing boredom, that's for sure. If we got a cure for a hangover, I'll be all for it. <laughs> Do, do we know what they're cure? Are they trying to cure something specific or just cancer. general curing? Cancer. Cancer. All right. Maybe breast right, cancer good. specifically. Breast cancer. cancer. All right. Good. All female uh, broadcast crew in this game. Did you see yep. that? Yep. Why don't they call it the breast cancer cure bowl? Cure yeah, bowl. Because what? For once, a bowl goes uh, with brevity in its name, <laughs> and then there's confusion. <laughs> Georgia Southern seven and five versus Liberty seven and five. Coach Freeze is going to bring the dental chair. <laughs> First ever uh, bowl appearance by uh, Coach Freeze. Soak it in, Flames. What do we got? This is this game you might be surprised is on CBS Sports Network. <laughs> the line, Georgia Southern favored by five. Uh, you want to talk about a team that's feasted on bad opposition. That's Liberty. They have beaten nobody. So I am taking Georgia Southern to win and cover the five-point spread. Yeah, I hate to be agreeing with Pat so much and taking so many favorites because that's not how bowl season works. Bowl season's all about who's going to not want to show up. But uh, Georgia Southern obviously runs triple option. That's a bear to try to figure out. Um, and, yeah, Liberty's just not that good. Um, so I'm going to uh, I'm gonna go with Georgia Southern. Oh, I hate picking third. I want Georgia Southern. <laughs> this is like – I'm <laughs> – yeah, give me Georgia Southern. If you're all going to pick the same thing, it didn't matter what order you're picking it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but point. It, it just makes me feel bad. I'm third, and I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm going going the same. <laughs> all right, now you know what? For your uh, mental health and 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 uh, self confidence, I'll let you pick first. Oh, okay, next cool, time, cool. Okay, uh, I am taking Liberty. Bless season. We're going to do this. The <laughs> visor. They aren't any good, but whatever. Will the dental chair come to uh, Orlando, where I believe that? I I hate to say it, I've lost track of whether or not Hugh Freeze can walk the sidelines. I don't, I don't know. I've stopped paying attention. Doesn't matter. He won that game, didn't he? Yeah. Pat, you were all over that story too. Yeah, I mean, you were practically you? moving the dental chair in the uh, Cajun Field press box. Once he went to SI, he started becoming this like slack days of a magazine it. writer. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> Stop paying attention right. to Hugh Freeze's chair. He lost. You lost the people, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> the people wanted dental chair coverage. Yeah. The Cherubundi Boca Raton Bowl. What is Cherubundi? It's like a drink. It's cherries, right? Like a cherry? I think it's like those, yeah, it's like a sports like drink thing. Good for it's athletes. Kind of good drink. for you. Is there is there a little slogan? Okay, again, if you're gonna do these things, <laughs> you gotta be more specific, or else I'm just gonna ignore it. The Chewbacca Boca Raton Bowl. <laughs> Chewbacca. It's a better name. SMU ten and two versus Florida Atlantic without the lane train ten and three. Give me the Fighting Chamber shells. Give me SMU. SMU. All right, Sully, Pete, Pat. What are you? Yeah, I don't care. I'm, I'm down right. with SMU as well. You take the lane out, lane factor out. Although you know, you never know. Like these, sometimes these these coaches leave and the team plays well. Sometimes they play great, terrible. 
but I'm taking SMU. SMU's better. God, I hate to be agreeing with you guys. By the way, I will likely be attending the Boca Raton Bowl. I want you guys oh to know God. that. Oh, my God. Of course. Really? Yeah. My grandmother, I go down to Florida for Christmas with my family. My grandmother lives like 10 minutes from Boca. So I've, I've been multiple times to the point where Michael Rosenberg, your colleague at Sports Illustrated, Pat, has nominated me to be the, 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 the <laughs> parade <Marshall>. chair of <laughs> the Boca Raton Bowl. Will you wear the Speedo? much delight. <laughs> Which Speedo would you wear? I would not do that to the poor people of Boca Raton. Just because you're in Boca think- doesn't mean you have to go to the game, though. I mean, I kind of like going to the game. Grandma's house must be really boring. (laughs) She's 99. (laughs) Pete's like, well, Grandma, good to see you. I got to go to work. I don't know. I'd go to this game. There's going to be scoring all over the place. Yeah, it's been it's been a good game in the uh, in the past. You never know who you're going to run into. You know, maybe I'll do a Willie Taggart call. Going to stop by the Orchards of Asia on the way. uh... All right, yeah. uh, I'll take uh, I'll take FAU home field advantage. Okay, it's yeah, ter- rare in a bowl game. Absolutely yeah. terrible pick right there. By the way, <laughs> um, I'd like to uh, congratulate FAU, the student athletes, getting the great bowl trip to their yeah. own stadium. Yeah. <laughs> bowl guys are the worst. You'll see seven million propaganda. Hey, kids get a big trip to this <laughs> yeah. great destination. Right. Yeah, it's right yeah. over there. Stay in the, the bowl dorm. experience. Yeah, you mean uh, the yeah. bowl you never leave campus. More home game. <laughs> All right, the uh, camellia bowl. That's a flower, right? That's like a plant. Camellia bowl. What is it? Anyone know? Is that in San Diego? No, camellia. No, it's in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, what's a camellia? It's is a flower. Like a it's a flower. Yeah, it's a flower. It's, yeah. All right. The Camellia Bowl, Arkansas State seven and five versus Florida International, which did it for the world when they beat Miami <laughs> to get bowl eligible. Six and six. The all-time average margin of victory in the Camellia Bowl is three point four points. Great factoid by Sully. That's uh, all I could dig up on these guys. Right. Pat, who you got? Uh, the line is Arkansas State by two and a half. You know, if FIU can do it for the world one time, they can do it twice. They can do this. They can they can win this game. I'm taking the Panthers as the underdog to win and cover. So this is more football than you'd want, but Arkansas State has just been gutted defensively by injuries. They've lost a ton of starters. So I think, uh, I think I'm surprised to see Arkansas State is favored, and I'm going to take FIU. And I need to, I'm going to disagree with Pat from every pick on at this point because it shows we've learned nothing if I keep agreeing with Pat. It's true. Uh, I'm going FIU to do it for the world. Yeah, you give me the points. i got to take FIU. They beat Miami. I don't know what Arkansas State's done. I, I have to admit, I have not stayed up on the Arkansas State season i'm so very surprised very surprised <laughs> they lost to south alabama in their last game mm-hmm. uh 34 to 30 and south alabama finished the season two and ten yeah two and ten yeah well you, you throw out the records from the arkansas state and south alabama matchup that's the a camellia bowl goosebumps yes all right the mitsubishi motors las vegas bowl they should play this thing at the Las Vegas Speedway if you're going to have an auto sponsorship. Boise State 12-1 and versus Washington 7-5. and Obviously, it's the Chris Peterson game. Does Boise get revenge on the coach that bailed on him and found no eternal satisfaction in Seattle? So he should have just stayed in Boise. I don't know. Washington is uh, giving three and a half. This is the last game bowl game at the UNLV State. Yeah, they're getting the new NFL stadium. It'll be nice. So this game's going to get... Uh, much better soon. It's about to be Big Ten and Big Ten and SEC taking on this. Uh, they're going to swap every other year with the with the Pac-12. So yeah. that's going to be nasty. What the hell is Boise going to do for a bowl game once they kick them out of this thing? Uh, yeah, they'll yeah. win the last one. I'm, I'll go Boise. Sending Chris Peterson packing. Uh, I'm definitely taking Boise in this game. Need to start taking some underdogs. I'm actually Googling to see if Hank Bachmeyer is going to be healthy again. The man, As the man. you know, I started the Hank Bachmeyer bandwagon uh, early, earlier in the season. He's been dinged up a little bit. But, yeah, I just think Boise with some points, and they're 12-1, and one, and Washington's just kind of like, it, what's their give-a-crap factor going to be? And that's kind of what you got to start determining. Now that we're out of the immortal camellia bowls of games, and there's actually games that, you know, 
teams, players have egos and their investment can be questioned. Oh, we're going to get back to those games. Don't worry. We're not out of them yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, Pat? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm down with Boise here. That's, you know, the Vegas Bowl is always the one that's always got a pretty good matchup amidst all this other dreck. And they're early. I feel bad for them being slotted amongst these early bowls. And there's, you know, there's a Boise or a TCU that was being there that was really good. One time they played each other, I think. But uh, give me Boise to win and cover. Uh, I don't think the Chris Peterson factor is enough to rally the Washington troops to overcome apathy and actually show up. So, yeah, I don't, this isn't like his beloved old coach is getting his last, you know, go around here. I'll, I'll take Boise in that. The R plus L carriers, New Orleans bowl. I don't know what R, I don't know what L is. I don't know what R is. I don't know what they're carrying. I don't really care either. Bad bowl name, bad on you. Number 20 Appalachian state. 12 and 1 versus UAB, 9 and 4. Appy State, Sully is editorializing in the factoid. I, I guess I know <laughs> yep. who he's going to pick. All right, who you got? I don't know what the spread is. What's the spread? Spread's big, 16 and a half for the Mountaineers. It was the second biggest opening line, and uh, I'll lay the points. Give give me Appy State. They, they had a, a case at being the best group of five team at the end of the year, and I, I think they keep it rolling. UAB is a nice team, but they're not happy. Lost their coach. Yeah, they lost their coach, but they filled him in with with a with a guy that's O line coach. O line right, coach, right, Sean, Sean Clark. Clark. They the kids kids yep. evidently love him. So the dreaded O line mm-hmm. coach. They always love the O line coaches. They They're funny guys. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm I'm taking that. Uh, I'm taking UAB. Uh, I mean, you lose your coach, you lose your offensive coordinator, you lose your play caller, all in one kind of swoop here. And uh, 16 points, a lot of points. UAB, I hate to actually talk about football because I know I'm going to get scorned for it, has a, the ninth best defense in the country. So I think in the, it, amid all the din of the New Orleans Bowl, I, I think uh, Bill Clark and the boys will keep it close. Yeah, I'm with you, I'm afraid. Uh, the ah, Look, it. man, I've already made my picks, <laughs> so I'm going with what I've made here. And that, that, for, the, for all those reasons, too much transition at App State. The one thing, UAB did get absolutely trucked in the CUSA title game, but they led the CUSA in total defense. They will at least cover the 16. I don't know if they'll win, but they'll cover. Too many points. I got uh, UAB. The Dragons. Get that. What was the – they was going to get a real dragon. Yeah, right. A Komodo AD dragon. wanted to bring a dragon on the sideline, but it found it, yeah, it, could, it could paralyze people. be a bad look. Fit right in in New Orleans, <laughs> just walking down the street. All right. Dragon. One of my favorites here, the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla mm. Bowl. Now, I don't know what a Gasparilla is. Uh, the, uh, what's that's that? the Gasparilla Festival they have in Tampa, which is like when everybody gets on these pirate ships and, and they sail into Tampa Bay and then everybody gets drunk on e- in Ybor City. It's kind of cool. How do I not know about I, it's, this? It's very much in your wheelhouse, <laughs> you know? I mean, Jesus. I mean, I get the plants. I mean, I'm not going to – I don't think our audience is really shocked that I don't know my, my botany. <laughs> but uh, – No, this is – yeah, a, a drunken festival and a bunch of idiots right. in Florida. It's, this is my speed. It's like a naval Mardi Gras, you know? I mean, uh, lacks some of the, well, the tradition of that, but it's they get after it. As someone who loves mowing his lawn, the bad boy <laughs> mowers are unbelievable. I do not own one because my lawn isn't big enough to buy one, but I have actually watched the videos <laughs> to see how the zero turn. I mean, these things rock. This is a well-named bowl game. So if our editors are ever wondering why Dan hasn't sent his column, <laughs> he's just sitting there watching mower videos on YouTube. Is that is that what we're supposed to glean well, from I, this? Actually, one time I wrote in, I go, I'm going to write that column right after I mow my lawn. And then they all laughed at me like, what? Because they all this live is- in California. Nobody mows the lawn in California. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, what? Why would you mow your own lawn? You, know, you got to hire someone. I like, I like it. I like mowing my Wetzel lawn. Wetzel porn, the, the mower videos. Yeah. Mower videos mm. and like feral hog hunting. Yeah, it's good. Anyway, bad boy mowers look pretty sweet. I'd like to get one, but I, I need a bigger ho- bigger yard and all that. So, so if you guys would get some more people to listen to this damn podcast, <laughs> you know, maybe we can make more money here and I could buy like a ranch and then a bad boy mower. Anyway, not, UCF nine and three versus Marshall eight and four. Let's see. Sully calls this uh, because of the great name, the great uncle of them all. <laughs> The bad boy mowers. Good <laughs> mind, you, Sully. 17 and a half. I, I'm guessing UCF is they favored are. by 17 It was the biggest sp- point spread, opening okay. point spread. All right. Who do you got? Uh, Pete, you go first. Boy, you know, UCF has been a fickle team this year. They have uh, they started out so strong, and they've just been okay. Marshall can score. 
It's a lot of points. Uh, I'm going to take Marshall because I think they're going to want to be there more, which is what a lot of these things. UCF's used to bigger, brighter bowl games the past few years, obviously. So I'm going to uh, take Doc Holliday and the boys. We got we got a difference here, although your reasoning is sound. Um, I'm taking I'm taking the the Knights to roll and roll big. I think they'll be a little bit mad and want to show that they're uh, they're better than the uh, Gasparilla Bowl and will play well in their backyard. I concur, good sir. Marshall's lost their last two coming in. I, I, I like the trends, uh, and the Golden Knights are going to cover. I'm taking Marshall because I figure the UCF, they're from Florida. They're going to have some connections to get on one of these drunken boats, <laughs> and they're going to be completely hungover for the Gasparilla Bowl. Plus, you know, Marshall got some farmers from, like, southern Ohio. They know the bad boy Moa. <laughs> And so there's going to be a little, uh, <laughs> they'll be aligned with the spirit of the game. I really like Marshall in this. No, I, it's too many points. I'm taking Marshall. All right. It's December 24th. The actual Gasparilla Festival isn't until January. So your drunken theory uh, may not work out there. Uh, see, I knew, I never knew it wasn't wise. I'll take the, I'll take the points anyway. Why are we doing a speedo run when we can just, let's go. Have people sponsor us for charity to get drunk at the Gasparilla Festival. <laughs> My dad will send 50, 100 bucks to anybody. That's the problem right now. All right. The SoFi Hawaii Bowl. BYU 7-5 and five versus Hawaii 9-5. and five. Talking about sneaky good games. All right. So BYU is 1-5-6. Hawaii is 1-4-6. Sully with the factoids coming in. I don't know the spread. What's the spread there? Sully, you can pick first. BYU by two. Oh, this is this picks strictly out of spite because of that shoe chunking disaster from uh, all the way back in the beginning of the season. BYU over Tennessee. Give me the rainbows. Whatever quarterback's playing for him. Give me give me the rainbows late or getting the two points. Uh, I'm going with Hawaii as well. Not for spite or any other reasons. And by the way, you should not bet based on whether or not your team had a bad beat in September. But, you know, BYU, if I'm a BYU player and I'm going to Hawaii, my mind ain't on the game. Uh, it's going to be on the beach and everything else, so I'll take the uh, the Rainbow Warriors. Who it's just going to be business as usual for them there. Yeah, hard to hard to pick against Hawaii here. They they played they didn't play great against Boise in the Mountain West title game, but they played really well down down the stretch to win their division in the Mountain West. And I think Nick Rolovich will have a few tricks up his sleeve as he tends to uh, in the big moment. So I like the Rainbow Warriors as well. Hawaii actually made that thing a game. I watched a lot of Mountain West this year. I like Hawaii, so I am taking Hawaii uh, as well. Also, congratulations on those guys getting a uh, bowl trip to Hawaii. That's a good job. I mean, why would you want to leave? It's a good point. You, you know like, what I mean? Like, they put you up in a nice hotel for five days. And actually, yeah, to, make like, those guys go to, like, the Casparilla or whatever. Yeah, things, you think they want to go to Mobile? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Send them to Boise. All right, when do you— Two more, and then these are December 20th. This should take us through at least next Monday. Uh, all right, the Walk-Ons Independence Bowl, right? That's what, Memphis? That's in no, Memphis? No, Shreveport. Shreveport. Shreveport, okay. Shreveport, that's right. This is a big one. The Walk-Ons. Walk-Ons is what? That's like a clothing store? No, it's, uh, no, it's sports a sports bar. It's, it's a sports, sports bar. bar. That's yeah. bar. It's all over Louisiana. Started by some LSU walk-ons. <laughs> Started in Baton Rouge. There's one in New Orleans now. I assume they've they've grown to Shreveport if they're sponsoring the bowl game there. Literally like a small chain of restaurants can spot. Remember, they did have the Beef O'Brady one, which I always love. <laughs> Beef O'Brady, mm, <laughs> which has yeah. a <laughs> besides having uh, excellent appetizers. Beef O'Brady is a uh, just a grammatical disaster because it's a, a to, <laughs> to quote an uh, open wait, close quote, open. I don't know. Open quote. Oh, close quote. <laughs> Didn't make any sense at all. <laughs> and then what are the two? The quotes are usually missing a letter, which meant it could have been the beef Tom Brady bowl. Because you're going to have a T and drove me crazy every good. I'm glad that thing's gone. I hope it's gone. Anyway, walk-ons. We got Miami 6-6 six and six versus Louisiana Tech 9-3. and three. We know where the fans are going to be. That's, those Hurricane fans really travel well, especially to Shreveport. Christmas in Shreveport. <laughs> What's not to like? The clubs of South Beach will be empty. Oh, I'm all over Louisiana Tech in this. I think this is like the no-brainer of bowl season. Get, getting six points. They're, uh, Miami is favored by six. 
purely on brand. Uh, old friend Bob Diaco calling the defense for Louisiana Tech. They've had a great year on defense at Louisiana Tech. And, uh, yeah, I don't think Miami's uninspired, underachieving offense is going to magically show up on Shreveport the day after Christmas. Yeah, this is a layup to me. I, th- I just think Louisiana Tech has every single intangible. 5-0 and in bowl games under Skip Holtz. They'll be excited to play. Miami will not be excited to spend Christmas in Shreveport. Tech wins and covers. Uh, Louisiana Tech beat FIU. Transitive property give me the texters. This game is usually also played in like sleet. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually, right. yes. There's always sleet in, in Shreveport. <laughs> uh, yeah. La Tech. No, no question about that. All right. Last one <clears throat> for this session. The Quick Lane Bowl, which you should be attending, Dan Wetzel. Yeah, that thing is about ten to fifteen minutes from my house. And if you find me there, you win one million dollars. <laughs> if you could find me at the game, uh, you know, just keep looking. Uh, the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit, Pittsburgh seven and five versus Eastern Michigan six and six. Quick Lane is what like Chiffy Lube type thing or something? Yeah, what is Quick Lane. Yeah. Exactly. Get your oil changed oil in 30 minutes, right? There By the go. way, Quick. when you said it, it always sleets in Shreveport. Is that like uh, it never rains in Tiger Stadium? Yeah. Is that like the is that like the sequel, like the reader, <laughs> the reader book sequel? The sad, depressing northern <laughs> yes. Louisiana sequel. <laughs> it, it's not written by John Ed Bradley. It's just written by a guy named Brad. The sad thing is there's like there's like a there's like a chamber of commerce pr person some tourism board who's like gung-ho you know she's it's like this woman that's just just got just so excited about shreveport and selling shreveport to, and this is what you get three bozos yeah. saying yeah. it's never just good ripping. weather and you know what that's the thing that has been like the hardest trying bowl for like four decades now you know every every year it's like close to going under and they get a different sponsor it's the Poolland <laughs> weed eater bowl it's this it's that and, you know, and here we are. We sail in to rip the thing. Good for us. All right, and now you got you got walk on sponsor. Like, what's the uh, what's the deal here? You guys uh, paying money? No, we just give the bowl committee free potato skins on Thursday nights. It's, we get title sponsorship of this thing. It's pretty good potato skins. You get some mozzarella sticks thrown in if we get a good TV rating. If, yeah, if I were on the bowl committee, I would work for me. This is one of those 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 lies that athletic directors tell people. Like you get un, uh, uh, you can't buy the kind of advertising you get going to a bowl game. Like yeah, you can. The University of Miami could absolutely buy it. <laughs> what? What is this getting Miami? Other than a reminder that they had a crap yeah. season. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and their team is going to get beat and doesn't gonna care. Gonna get beat like, that's in the sleet by a conference USA I was going to go to Miami. <laughs> you know, much better off buying some billboards around Florida about the the actual business school. <laughs> You should name your memoirs and all the sleets in Shreveport, Dan. <laughs> I've been to Shreveport. It's, yeah. it's, it's actually not that bad, but. I've been there multiple times because Dak Prescott's from yeah. Houghton, which is right outside there. There's no easy way to get to Shreveport. Oh, no. It's five City. hours from New Orleans. Their big not claim to fame was they had the casinos for a long time, but now pretty much everyone's got a casino. Yeah. Anyway, back to the Quick Lane Bowl. <laughs> that should have, because uh, uh, we got to wrap this up. Pitt, Pitt versus Eastern Michigan. We got our favorite tight end coach yeah. who uh, <laughs> drinks oh. flat Mountain Dew because he doesn't have time for carbonation and won't do. He's loving this because he didn't have to wrap one present. For sure. He didn't have to do it. Didn't have to hang the Christmas. He's too busy making sure the Pittsburgh tight ends are ready for the <laughs> Eagles. <laughs> uh, I'm picking first. Go for it. I'm taking Pitt. I can't. I'm sorry, Eastern Michigan. My tax money at work, but I'm still taking Pitt. <laughs> tight end. I want a tight end touchdown, though. <laughs> Tim Sullivan. Tim Salem owes us that. I don't even know what the spread was. I don't even care. Pat. Uh, here's the, my my annual tight end update on on the the whereabouts and production of his of his unit <laughs> that keeps him so busy he can't go home. He did. He had one guy that caught 17 passes and another guy that caught 18. So they got a little bit done. Unfortunately, Dan, they only scored one touchdown between them on their 35 catches. So you may not get your tight end touchdown. I'm but. not going to do a prop bet. Just a quick reminder: Tim Salem, the tight end coach at Pitt last year. I did an interview where he said he 
refused to go home to do honeydew chores with his wife by that was the reason he would just stay at the office and pretend he was working. <laughs> and so we found him to be a, a hero of all married men. <laughs> So that's just a quick recap. That's yeah. an old reference. Yeah. So. Anyway, Pat, who are you picking? Well, the line's pretty big, right? Pitt by 11. 11, I got. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, Pitt's probably going to be in somewhat the same boat as Miami, but they're not going from Miami to Shreveport. They're going from Pittsburgh to Detroit. It's basically a push from a climatological, cultural perspective. So, yeah, Pittsburgh's going to win because Eastern Michigan ain't that good. Win and cover. Yeah, I mean, it's 11 points, and Pitt's offense stinks to holy heck. But I uh, I really don't think uh, Eastern Michigan is is really all that good either. They were just a middling team in a bad Mac. They've lost uh, three of their last five games to Kent Toledo, and they got blown out by Buffalo. Our, my Christmas present is none of you guys have to actually watch that game because that may be the <laughs> oh, worst Oh, I'm watching game it. I'm picking the Eagles, season. baby. I'm trying to get that bar tab. I'm, being, I'm just picking it just to go against <laughs> you guys. Let's go, Eagles. Let's cover those. 11. Hey, Eastern Michigan is the team that let me down in the Camellia Bowl last year. My my grudge. <laughs> oh, jeez. So. Here we go. Pat is still mad at Chris Crichton for a uh, terrible fourth down defense. defense. Call. Like fourth and yes. 17. I think we tape. I think we're taping next Monday's. It's, it, it would be Festivus, I believe. Is December 23rd. Yeah. Is that Festivus? Festivus for yeah. the rest of us. And there is the airing of grievances. <laughs> and so maybe I will carve out some time. That's actually a separate podcast, people. Dan. That's going to take a while. <laughs> That's actually our entire podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the whole season. <laughs> All yeah. right. I don't, this podcast has gone on far too long. Thank you for listening. We will be back. And if you happen to be a five-star recruit, please announce your decision the most ridiculous way possible. We need content. <laughs> Everyone uh, get some shopping done. And uh, we'll talk to you later this week uh, on the podcast.